Well, good morning, church. How y'all doing today? Y'all doing good? So, so glad you're here. Come on, they will know we are Christians by our, by our coffee. Come on, by the, by the car we drive. Come on, by how cool our building is. But by our, that's right, they're going to know we're Christians by our love for one another. That song that you just heard, how many of y'all familiar with that song that you just heard? Okay, I, we're older. I remember back in the 70s. How many of y'all remember that? I see those hands. I remember at Trafford Park, not far from here, going there um, once a week in the early morning, and uh, all through grade school, we would go to the park, and that's one of the songs we would sing. So I automatically knew that if we're going to be Christians, we're going we're to demonstrate it by our love for one another, and that's really what this is, this is all about. But you know what? Like, but you know, definitions matter, and that's why we've been going to great lengths to define some things here about definition. When my wife and I got married, we had different definitions about dessert. Like when, like when I finished a meal and um, that she'd make, I'd be like, I'd be like, where's the rest? And she'd let me rest of what? <laughs> See, I grew up and dessert was like right after you're done eating, you get like something homemade, something real. And, and, and it's right then and it's there. But her idea was dessert came later, they, like a snack. So we had different definitions about dessert and about the way we had dessert. But so we had to, we, I, I had to teach her the right definition. Come on, somebody. Are you feeling this here? See, see, there's different definitions that we have for things. And so somewhere in the middle we met. But, but a lot of times when we use certain terms in, in, in church even, we have different definitions. And if we don't have the right definition, then we're going to have the, the wrong outcome. It's like there's a lot of people that say they're Christians. And Christian in our culture right now can mean a lot of things. You believe in a God. You can believe in the God of the Bible. Or you can just believe in love. But, if, but according to your definition of Christian will determine the way that you live your life. And I believe that the world is waiting for us, you and me, to demonstrate God's love to them. This is it. See, God defines love, come on, and our love for one another reveals God. See, God defines it. God defines love, and that's what we're going to uncover today. But then, like, our love for one another reveals who God is. So it's not just a mental, intellectual mindset that we have, it's an action that we demonstrate to one another. How many of you are sitting beside somebody that really needs this message? Come on, somebody, yeah. No, how many of you really need to know? Come on, come on, yeah, yeah, we do, because they're going to know we are Christians by our John 13, verse 34, red letter, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my... Yeah. 
And this is the definition that we have, this agape love. It's a noun. And actually, in literature, it, 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 it's only found outside the Bible, like one place in literature. Because it's God who defines this love, this agape, this choice, this sacrificial giving, self-denial for the sake of another. It gives without demanding. It gives even when rejected here. It doesn't change. So therefore, if this love is that important, then we need a refresher course on what kind of love this really is. I need to be reminded of this. I need to be reminded constantly of, of not just what God expects or demands, but what God, the life that he has invited me into. He has invited me into a life that you and I have the privilege and honor to demonstrate him to this world. And I believe that the world in which we live, in Murraysville, in Monroeville, in Delmont, in, 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 in all the surrounding communities, listen, there's people waiting for a real definition and a real demonstration of God's love. Who's with me there? So what they're really waiting on is you and me. That's what we're going to do this year. We're going to deliver. We're going to deliver God's love. Who's with me? Don't leave me hanging here. Come on. Okay, 1 John 4. I'm going to read a few verses here. In 1 John 4, dear friends, let us continue to love one another. I don't know about you. I found it's a lot easier to do it one time, one and done, than continue. Oh, yeah, I demonstrated love back then. That one time, remember? I'm really good at that. I can remind my wife, remember two years ago, I did that. I, I sacrificed for you. But no, let us continue to do something. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is, yeah, he defines it. In, in verse 16, we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is, and all who live in, a, in, in, in love live in God, and God lives in them. So there's a demonstration of his love, which is not just a feeling, it's a choice. It's an action that God lives, and he dwells, and he'll be there. See, See, this whole concept of God is love, the world right now has flipped this. People outside of the Christian community have flipped this saying. And what they're trying to say is, love is God, with a small g. Listen to me. There are people all over the planet right now that are trying to define love outside of who God is, outside the biblical context. And so they're coming up with different definitions. And they're worshiping love rather than God. They're worshiping the concept that if, if, if we only would love God, God gets us, God knows us, he knows where we're at. If we would just demonstrate love and kumbaya, come on, and, and, get in a, and get in a circle and sing a little louder, everything would be wonderful. But without a definition of God's love, we can't come to the right conclusion. And we don't worship love, we worship God, and the more I worship him, the more I become like him, and the more loving I become. I have been changed and transformed by his 
love. What are we known for here? So here's the big idea. They will know we are Christians by our love, and it will be evidenced. It will be evidenced right here by what God has done in our lives. It will be evidenced by what love is and what love is not. So it's going to be evidenced in our lives. I've been changed and transformed to be more like Jesus. I expected a better response. I thought, I thought somebody would get excited about that. Thank you. Come on. Listen, I, 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 did, I, didn't, I didn't meet Jesus and repent of my sin and say, Jesus, forgive me of my past and lead me in my future just so I could have a, a better Sunday morning. I didn't, I didn't get involved so I could say, oh, my Sunday morning is so much better. No, I, I have a transformed life. Every part of my life has been renewed and transformed. Slowly but surely, as I mature in God, I mature to become more like Him. And that's what this love is all about here. And so now we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we're going to look at some verses here. And and, and, can I just tell you, when the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to to the church in Corinth, which was a real place with real people like you and me, the church was a mess. Oh, it was a mess. They didn't have doctrinal issues, but they had discord, they had competition, they were literally having communion, and they were leaving people out of communion, they were rushing to do it the way they wanted to do it. They were having all kinds of problems. They, they, they literally, I mean, it was, it, it, was, it was discord and rivalry and problems, and, but most of all, they were relying on human wisdom rather than... God and his word. you got to catch this because humanism has crept into Christendom. And, and, and what we're experiencing in Jesus' church is a challenge. Are we going to cling to humanism or and cling to good thoughts about love? Or are we going to demonstrate it the way God defines it? And it's creeping in there. That's why we need reminded here. And so here we go to verse 4. Here we go in verse 4 and 5 all the way down to 7. We're going to read this out loud. We're going to read the Word of God. Could you imagine coming to church and reading God's Word? This could revolutionize our lives. Come on, somebody. And so here, are you ready to read with me? Out loud. Y'all ready? You see the first word there? Here we go. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Come on. Yeah. This is it. When, we, when we've been changed by God's love and transformed by Him, this is what we're known for. This is what, this is what marks our lives, marks our lives to one another, and marks our lives to the world in which we live here. Now, This is what should define us. So as I look here, we could do a couple different things. 
Everywhere you see the word love is or love is not, you could actually put Jesus or God. It would sound like this. Jesus is patient and kind. Jesus is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Jesus does not demand his own way. He is not irritable and he keeps no record of being wrong. Are you you tracking me there? Everywhere there you could put Jesus or God. And you would get the definition of God. God is. Then God does not rejoice about injustice. Well, you, you could use that, right? So let's take it one step further. Let's, let's say this. If we are Christians and we have God's love at Bridge City Church, then everywhere you put love, you should be able to put Bridge City Church. So Bridge City Church is patient and kind. Bridge City Church is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Bridge City Church does not demand its own way. Bridge City Church is not irritable and keeps no record and so on. You could go down to the next verses. Right? See, this is, this is what we could. Now, we started what we call connection groups, small groups this past week. How many of y'all joined a group this past week? Come on. How many of y'all were there? Great. And these signs up around here, they're all signs of people who lead groups. And, oh, you got to get in a group. Because without people, you really can't demonstrate love. Because how many of y'all know when you're all by yourself, you're the most loving person on the planet? Come on, somebody. Yeah, I'm so good. I wake up in the morning, I sit by myself. I'm the most loving. I don't have, I'm not irritable. I don't keep no record of wrong. I'm great. But I need people to demonstrate God's love. And so now we could say, my connection group, I'm sorry, go back to those, thank you so much, those verses. My connection group is patient and kind. My connection group is not jealous or boastful or rude or proud or rude. Are you tracking this? See, this is what defines us. Okay, now we're going to take it one more step. Now, I want you to put your name in there. Yeah, I don't know if that's really going to work the way you think it is, Pastor. Come on. No, listen. Rick is patient and kind. Right? Rick is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Rick does not demand his own way. He's not irritable. He keeps no record of wrong. Rick does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Rick never gives up. He never loses faith. He's always hopeful, and he endures through every circumstance. So this is the tension, and this is the struggle here. Can we put our name in there, your name? That's the tension here. And many people in this room right now, we've bought into, I can't do that. This is just the way God made me. No. He made you with a certain personality, but he changes you and transforms us by his love. You don't understand. All Italians do this. I'm not Italian, so I can say that. <laughs> Come on. All Irish people, they have a temple, all, temper, all this, all that. We use our ethnicity as an excuse. Oh, how about this one? 
Well, my dad is like this. My mom was like this, so therefore I'm like this. You don't understand. No, you don't understand. We don't understand God's love, and so I want to tell you today, you don't have to live according to the first birth. You can live according to the second birth, and God can empower us to demonstrate his love. He can and he will change us and transform us as we become mature day by day. I'm becoming more like Jesus. See, we can and we will when we submit ourselves to God. And he doesn't demand his own way. As a matter of fact, I think sometimes Jesus is like that. I'm like, man, you can stay that way. I'll love you, but man, other people would probably love you a lot better if you change. I'm just telling you. No, I'm serious. We got to give up the excuses of I can't or I won't or I shouldn't. Because really, this, what we just read, is a test of our maturity in Christ. These aren't just cool words to read at a wedding. This is a test, and this is what, for, for us who've been at this maybe decades or months or weeks or, or years, come on, this is a real test. How mature am I according to these verses? And if you find yourself like, wow, I got a long way to go, well, then you're in the right place because we're going to help you. That's why we got to get you in a group. And we got to get you in a place where sparks fly. Because if sparks aren't flying, you're probably not getting sharper. We're going to get sharper and we're going to get better. And we're going to help one another achieve these things. But we got to give up. I can't. I won't. It'll never happen. No, 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 no. We got to get rid of that thinking and say, God, change me and transform me by your love. Come on. That's what this is about. Not just about, well, this is, I mean, I'm just, I'm only going to go so far with love, Pastor. That's the only way I'm, I'm just going to do that. No. See, we're, we're going to do, see, in, in, in Corinth, where this was being written to, they were valuing their giftedness over love. They were valuing how gifted their speech was and how wise they were and how they, they had certain gifts that other people didn't have. They were, they were pointing to the churches down the road and saying how much better we are than them. Mm -mm. No, that's not what God wants us to do. God wants us to be changed and transformed and demonstrate his love. So he gives us some ways we can measure it now. See, love is demonstrated in our actions, not by our feelings. That's, see, that's how you know you grow up, is you're not ruled by adolescent urges all the time. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to work. Welcome to big boy and big girl. This is what we do. We make the choice to do what is right. Even when it's not popular or sexy or cool, we still make the right decision based on God's love. Am I in the right place today? So I'm going to help you, and we're going to go through these because the Apostle Paul gives six things that love is and eight things that love is not. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? One person. 
Come on, how many of y'all are ready for the Word of God? Come on, we're going to open it up here. Okay, verse 4, love is patient and kind. Patience suffers long to those who annoy us and hurt us. Do you have anybody in your life that annoys you? No, never. I'm beyond that. Hmm. Not retaliating. In kind, patience in action. Seeks out needs and looks for opportunities to meet those needs. Tender and forgiving when wrong. See, these two things, patient is I bear with one another's burdens and I help them. We don't make excuses for one another, but we help one another. Patience. When I don't need it, I want it. And when I don't want it, I need it the most. Does anybody here drive? Listen, if, if, you, if, you, if, if you're having problems with patience in your car, take off the Christian bumper sticker. I'm just trying to help you right now. Just take it. Until you mature in that area. Once you mature in that area, we'll give you another one. Okay? Yeah, that's, that's what it is. It's patience and kindness. And the kindness of the Lord leads us to repentance here. This is what this is. So this is a test, not just in my public persona, but who I am at home. Because who I am at home is who I really am. Who I am when nobody's looking is who I really am. That's character. And as Christians, we're not going to say, say one thing and, and, and just do another. Do as I say, not as I know. Watch me. This is the standard. God, help me be more patient. Help me listen better. This has been one of my big things this year. I'm trying to be a better listener. I'm trying. Like, I'm saying, literally, God, help me be a better listener. Help me be more patient. Help me demonstrate kindness. This is my big, this is just one of the things this year that I'm trying because I want to demonstrate this love. This is what I'm, this is what I'm doing here. Okay, then he goes into some things that love is not. Love is not jealous. It does not envy Eagerly desire itself. Literally, this is like water that's boiling. That's what jealousy is. Jealousy is a water that's boiling. It's envy. It's that water that's vigorously going. That's what jealousy really is. That's what it really means. It envy and eagerly desire self here. It's radically consumed with our own ideas. Let's look at the next one. Love is not boastful, self-absorbed, self-talk that, that exaggerates their own virtues. See, jealous is when you want what others have. Boastful is what you want others to want what you have. And so you talk about it in such a way that you're self-absorbed to the point of making others disgusted or mad. It comes just in little wee bits. Love is not proud or puffed up or swollen or inflated or enamored with self. It has an air of superiority. He who gets puffed up gets blown up. Pride. No, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you something. 
pride can just slip in there. Even spiritual pride. We have the right doctrine. We have the right worship. We have the right lights hanging in our auditorium. Look how great we are. Pride can come. But you know what? In James 3.16, selfish ambition and jealousy and pride, it brings every evil thing. It opens us up to every evil thing. That's what this is. Pride comes before the fall. But God gives grace to the humble. See, these are the things that we're, we're proud. I'm just so proud I don't have that problem. See, I'm talking to mainly Christians in the room. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so proud I've never done drugs. I've never been addicted. I'm so proud. I, my marriage is just so perfect. No, I'm so proud we don't have financial problems because I'm so great I provide for myself. No, see, I'm trying to give you real, real things to, to judge according to yourself because we think of proud as way out there rather than right here. I'm so proud I've never had this or I've never had that like other people do. If they would only know God the way I do, that'd be much better. That's, that's arrogance. That's pride. And God can't work with that. So he's saying, God, like, that is not that. This is what was happening in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. They were saying, oh, we're better than this, and this leader's better than that leader, which is better than that leader, better than that leader. Oh, my goodness. Love is not rude, insensitive to people, discourteous, unseemly. It's language that, that, that's, that, that, that's harsh. Now, let me, let me press pause for a second. Many people in this room right now are thinking of something. You're thinking about what if. Yeah, pastor, but what if? I can't speak to you regarding the physical abuse maybe that has happened to you. And I'm not speaking about maybe sexual abuse or emotional abuse or hurts that you have. I can't, I'm not talking about that. That's a different level of learning to love and trust again. What I'm speaking to right now in this context is our everyday life love. The everyday at home and the everyday at work and the everyday in our our community and the everyday at the school where you attend and in the workplace. How would your workplace change if if they just said, you know, we're going to adapt a new policy? It's going to be the love is and love is not policy. How many of y'all would have a different workplace? Right? But what would happen if we said in our home, this is going to be the definition of love now? Patient and kind and then all these things that love is not. So again, I'm not speaking to all of the hurts or the pains and the problems. I'm just speaking to the everyday life. Are you good? Are you good? This is what we need to have here. Love does not demand its own way. It doesn't manipulate and scheme. Love is not irritable. It's not provoked. I love this definition of irritable. It's one who leaves a bitter, tart, or acidy taste in another's mouth. Have you ever talked to somebody that they just leave a bad taste in my mouth? Have you ever ever heard that saying? 
This is where it comes from. Oh, they just leave a bad taste in my mouth. That, that just experience just left something bad. That's, this, that's that irritable. It's, it's, it, 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 it's, it's like that. This is what happened with the Apostle Paul and Barnabas in Acts chapter 15. They had such a disagreement that they were needling one another, and they were so irritable that they literally parted ways. It's in there. So love is not. Love does not keep a record of wrong. It carefully um, records and categorizes, that does not carefully record and categorize every mistake. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm pretty, I'm really good in my, pub, my public self with not recording people's wrongs, but at home, I'm really good at it. I am really good at it. I don't write them down because I don't have to, because I can forget a lot of things, but I remember those. No, I'm serious. I do this. I, I maybe not say it, but I record them in here. And what I do is I act out of my, my personality rather than my spirituality. And I'm really, you know who I'm really, really good at this with? Is my wife, Natalie. I can record her record of wrongs like nobody. I am a, the best scribe and the best accountant on the planet. I'm, 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 really, I'm being honest with you. But what I'm learning is, is that I can't do that. I need to not just say, oh, that's okay. This is what Christian, oh, that's okay. You know what that really means? I'm saving it for later. I, I hear Christians say, no, it doesn't matter what they're really saying. I'm saving it for until I want to really need it. That's what Christians do all the time. I watch them, I watch it, I watch this happen in Christendom for decades and years. Rather than God, I want to be a demonstration of your love to others. I want to be a demonstration of who you are to those closest to me. And I'm not going to keep a record of wrong. I'm going to deal with them in a God-honoring way as they come up. And so they're covered by the blood of Jesus. Is that helpful to you? Come on. And it doesn't rejoice about injustice. Okay, but then there's a couple other things that love is. Love never gives up, does not lose faith, is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. It bears all things. And that literally means a roof or protection. What would happen if together we said that we're going we're to protect one another? I got your back. This is what Christians need. I'm telling you, this is what we need. I got your back. Not, I'm going to expose all your problems as soon as I get a chance. Not a matter of fact, I'm just waiting for you to mess up because all churches, all pastors, all this, all that, everybody here, everybody there, they all do this. I'm just waiting. It's going to happen. When it does, I'm just going to expose it all. Do you live in the same world I do? So we're looking at ourselves saying, God, how can I live this? How can I do this? I'm going to cover and protect. It doesn't excuse, but it protects one another. Wow. Love, it never loses faith. It believes in the best in every situation. I'm believing in the best for the best in everybody who communicates with me. That's what I'm doing. I'm going to believe in the best. When Pastor Eric invites us all to go to the marriage weekend coming up, we're going to hear it through. That's, That's the best. He believes in us. That's the best. When you're invited to partake in a small group, in a connection group, believe for the best. 
This is a way that I can mature, and I can mature in God, and I can grow deeper in love with God. My faith can go deeper. My hope will get built, and I can be released to be all God wants me to be. Totally different mindset. Totally different. So I'm going to make the choice to get there. I'm going to make the choice to live that way. I'm going to believe here. It's always hopeful. It stays put. Come on. It defines defines somebody under a heavy load, but they bear it up. And I'm going to remain hopeful. And this is it. Do you know why we're speaking about love to you these weeks? Because we, as the leaders of the church, we believe in you. We believe that the message of God's love is not just a concept in our minds, but something that we can demonstrate to one another in our homes, in our workplace, in our small groups, in our church. But I'm telling you, we got to get, we got to get, this message is so good. We got to get outside the walls and tell some people. we got to get this message outside. And next week, you're not going to want to miss next week, because it's going to be about all, how we demonstrate God's love to those who are distinctly different than us. How do we demonstrate God's love to those in the world in which we live who have a different way of life, who have a whole different way of thinking? How many of y'all, you can't wait for that one? I don't know about you, but I need help with that. I do. So last week was all about our love to one another, and this week it's about day-to-day love, and this is what defines us here, and it endures through every circumstance. That's what this is really about. Are you with me here? So those are, those are six things that love is, and eight things that love is not. And we're going to mature. We're going to grow up. Is anybody with me? See, many people... They find every reason as possible that everybody doesn't love them. So what they have is they have a porcupine anointing. You can't be a porcupine and then get upset with everybody who doesn't hug you. No, I'm saying I watch this happen all the time too. I mean, I was watch certain people and they, they act a certain way, they, they do certain things, and, and they're porcupines. And like nobody loves me, nobody will reach out to me, nobody does this to me. It's because, man, when you they get close to you, it hurts. It hurts. So we gotta say, God, I don't want to be a porcupine anymore. I want your love to change and transform me and make me more like you. Listen, we live in a day and age where there's all this self-love. Self-care is the best care. I hear this all the time. You got to love yourself. You got to love you. You got to be loved. You got to feel something inside. And I'm going to tell you the way to get there is God's love. God defined it. And I don't know about you, but I'm challenged today. Is anybody else here challenged? I'm challenged. But I want to grow up, and I want to mature. And, and, I, and, I, and I want it to start in my home. I want it to be there. I want, I want it to be demonstrated to my wife. I want to prefer her over myself here. But let me let you in on a, on a secret here. 
Jesus didn't come to earth to love us. He came as an expression of God's love to make a way to heaven for us. I want you to catch this. Because in our culture, in our world, they're pointing to Christians and they're pointing to people and saying, all we need to do is love. All we need is love. No, Jesus loved, loves us enough, but he, he doesn't leave us the way we are. I'm growing in his love. I'm growing to be more like him each and every day. I'm not just trying to be a better Rick. I'm trying to be a better transformed, renewed, saved, sanctified, set free person that God created me to be. That's the difference maker. Not just a better me. How about a new me? I want to live out of the new me. Not just a better version of the old me. So Jesus came to earth to, to express this. And I just want to let you know, I, I want you to get, you got to get to a group. If you're not in one of our small groups, there's room for you. My wife and I, Natalie, we're leading a small group on Tuesday nights. Can't wait to meet with our group this week. It's, it, it's parenting. Because we got to demonstrate love to our children. Our, our kids are growing out of the house, but I'm, I'm still growing in maturity to, to love my children in a better way that's more honoring to God. Is anybody with me? I am. I have, I have a ways to go. I'm still growing. But I want you to get to one of the groups. You're going to go back to Connection Point. You're going to say, how do I find a group? How do I get into a group so I can learn to be loved, so we can help one another grow up? If your demonstration of love is not absolutely perfect, and you have room to grow in your life, and you'd like to mature in your love, demonstrating to those around you, just stand to your feet right now. I'm going to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person that's standing right now. I ask you, God, right now, Lord Jesus, to help us mature in our love to one another. Help us mature so we can demonstrate Jesus to this world, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, live love as not just a, a noun, but as a verb in our life, Lord. Help us live this to one another, God. And help bridge City Church be a place where your love is demonstrated, where your love to one by our love to one another, but also God, would you help us? Help us, God, demonstrate this love to those around us outside these walls. God, would you help me do that? Would you help us be better at this, Lord? Because God, we could use some help at this. So God, change us and transform us by your love. Help us live it, Lord God. Jesus name. Now if you're here today and you don't have a day, a moment, or a time when you personally ask Jesus to be the forgiver of your past and the leader to your future I want to offer you today I'm not asking you to make your Sunday morning better this is a new life Jesus talked about being born again born of the Spirit, not just born of the flesh. If you would like today to experience God's love in a real way, 
and his kindness lead you to a place where you say, I have sinned and fallen short and I cannot earn my way to heaven. So God, I want you to be the forgiver of my sin. And now I ask you, Jesus, to be the leader of my life. Help me live and learn this love, God. If you don't have a moment or a time that you did that, there's a good chance you never did that. But you came to the right place because this is why God put our church on this planet. Because we, God believes in you to make a way to heaven for you, but also to make a way where you can experience his love, his love here on earth. So if you're here today and you would like today, February 12th, to be your day where you say yes to God's love of forgiveness and leadership, Right now, the joy and, 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 and this rejoicing of thanking God for this expression. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. If you would like eternal life today, what I want you to do right now? Right now in this moment. Right now. Just slip up your hand right now where you are. I'm going to pray for you. Anybody here today, you're saying, you know, Pastor, that's, there we go. Anybody here, anybody here say, you know, that's me today. I want today to be my day that I say yes to Jesus. Come on, slip up your hand right where you're at. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Keep your hand up. You're not going to come from, just keep your hand up as you're saying yes to God. Anybody else here today? Anybody else just saying yes to God? Yes to God. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Heavenly Father. So the prayer goes like this. And we're all going to pray this prayer together. So we're going to help lead. Say, Father God, we have sinned. I have fallen short. I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me. I ask you, Jesus, to lead me in your love. Let me live out your love in your purpose, in my life, in the name of Jesus. Let's give God a great big hand. Come on, let's just thank him, God. God, I thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Hey, if you raise your hand, somebody's going to just come up to you, and they're just going to offer to pray for you. That's all. They're just going to say, hey, can I pray for you? That's all they're going to do. They just want to make sure we value you as a person.